Project A Podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Project A Podcast. I'm really excited for this new episode. My name is Charlotte. I am one of the podcast hosts for this podcast and at Project A, I lead the venture development team. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing and inviting Andrea from Vitamin. I'm really, really excited for, um, for our conversation today, which is going, to about, it's going to be about everything from Andrea's founding journey in her new venture, Vitamin. And welcome, Andrea. Really happy to have you. And maybe you can introduce yourself to the audience as well. Yes. Hi. Nice to um, be here, Charlotte. Thanks for hosting me. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm Andrea Fernandez. I'm originally from Costa Rica um, and spent um, different um, time in my life, both throughout Latin America, the U.S., and now the last 14 years in Germany. Um, and I'm basically really passionate about helping women with their finances, which is why I founded Vitamin, which is a fintech startup that supports women to drive their financial futures and uh, through both education, but also uh, financial products that they can um, yeah, um, use to basically drive their financial next steps in their financial journeys. Tell us a little bit about your background, because um, different to, to other founders that, that we have in the portfolio Project A, your new company is really the productization of your past experience and all of your learnings. So maybe tell us a little bit about where you've been over the last decades. Yes, thank you. So um, my background is actually, I started my career in finance and in entrepreneurship. Uh, back in the U.S., I studied uh, uh, there at a school called Wharton, the Wharton School of Business, and then that took me on to Wall Street. And at Wall Street, I started my career in private banking. Um, I was covering Brazilian clients, and I learned about a lot of different investment products back then. Um, but then I went on to Harvard for my business school and started to work in consumer products. So I, when I was working in finance, at the, at the last job I had was in equity research, and I said, okay, I'm telling companies what to do, but I'm not able to do much within a company. And that that's what actually took me to what I called back then kind of a real business. And I worked in consumer products and then went on to a startup called Fresh direct that really gave me a ton of um, knowledge around you know how to think of users when you develop products how do you shape the product around an user and their needs um, and also how do you market these products and that's what um, then I then moved to Germany and went back to finance and in that time I worked across different areas of the asset management business I worked for a company for Alliance Global Investors the asset management arm of Alliance and learned a lot more about um, you know different topics uh, in, in the space and then um, also went to a company called Liquid, which is a digital wealth manager based out of Berlin. And during that time, I started to, you know, get an understanding of this problematic, of the problematic around the fact that women don't have access, the right access to financial products and that products today are not built for them. Uh, and how important not only, um, you know, is it to build those products, but the impact that actually women taking caring, uh, taking care of their financial life has on their lives and the lives of those around them. So um, that's when the genesis of, of vitamin came. Uh, basically, uh, when I thought, stepped back and thought, okay, what do I use my skills for? How can I combine this consumer product business, this fintech and financial background that I have built over my career? Uh, yeah to build a business that that has an impact on, on the world. And what was that moment that made you realize or made you decide that 
now was the time to actually put all of that into a product and into a venture? Yeah. Um, I had thought about, I had started to draw pictures at home already around kind of what could this, you know, business look like. I had, um, yeah, I had started planning uh, or brainstorming on this quite a bit. And I think there were, there were two factors that really made me kind of take that step. Uh, the first one was, um, to be honest, COVID, um, because we had, COVID had started, it was the summer after that first round or of COVID uh, outbreak, let's say, um, and uh, summer of 2020. And I basically said, I through COVID, I remember thinking, okay, when there's crisis, there's opportunity and kind of feeling a sense of urgency that was driven, I guess, with the uncertainty in the world that I knew I had to do something around this topic. And it was like, it's now or never, you know, it's, you know, why wait any longer? Like, let's get started on this. Um, and at the same time, I think I got very lucky and found the co-founder that I have now, my co-founder who is in that summer. And I think that gave me a huge motivation to get started um, because I, to be honest, hadn't really spent too much time thinking I need a co-founder to do this, but rather like I had the idea and I, I you know, I, I was starting to develop it. And and that was a critical point, uh, having met Artyom to kind of, yeah, have someone to start on this path with and also who's so passionate about the mission as I am. And, and before we jump into, because I'm really curious how, how you met and how you assessed that you were a good fit for each other, maybe going back to, to um, Vitamin, and um, I've listened to a couple of your other podcasts, and there you were doing some work in that regard with a group of women in a, in a consulting workshop type of way. And it's interesting for, for, I guess, the audience to understand, okay, so maybe you could have kept doing that. And, 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 you know, would have been, let's say, self-employed. So what were some of the, you know, feedbacks or insights that you generated that, that made you realize I can build a software around that or technology around that? So I think it was uh, a few things. So uh, firstly, I did. So I, I determined this topic was a topic where I could have an impact and where I wanted to create change in the world. And so what actually the first actions I took was actually to have sessions at home with women uh, around me. So I put together a PowerPoint presentation. I think this was like 2017 or 18. And I um, just invited women at home from my hairdresser to the girlfriend of a uh, friend of mine to a woman that I had worked with at Fresh Direct in New York and many other women over that then then that was kind of the first session and um and i started to teach women about finance and literally in my living room with a couple of snacks and drinks and then i said oh my god this has an impact and then um i think being at liquid really helped me to understand also the back end of this type of businesses that did like the, the more digital side of things um and also um you know kind of the research I, I was doing ongoing research on the just my own natural research because I read about this stuff and the models that were out there on the fintech side, et cetera. And I have also seen the industry evolve quite a lot, right? So I started in 98 where ETFs were not even a thing. There were index funds already, but like, you know, the growth of ETFs and um, and the growth of the backend providers and, you know, open banking. So there has been a ton of evolution that has happened over the last years on the fintech backend. 
And so I think that piece, um, you know, started to shape, all of that started to shape my thinking. I also um, started to coach women one-on-one when I realized, you know, uh, there is a need for this. I want to understand this this need. I want to understand what are the problems that women are having. And and I wanted to start just getting going. And and then I, I ran actually a, a, in Tuscany, a, an event with a friend of mine for a group of 10 women to talk about different aspects of life, including financial life. And I ran a few sessions on that. From there came the first coaching clients. I developed a coaching program. I started to coach women. I started to understand what were the blockages to them doing anything? What were the obstacles? What were they looking for? What, you know, how did it make them feel? Because at the end of the day, you know, when we sell products, we sell experiences. That includes financial products. It includes consumer products. But anything that we buy and give out for, we give out for money for because of how it makes us feel or what it means in our life. And so for me, that was the genesis of that. And then realizing the impact that both technology can have at a scale to change things in the world and realizing then the gaps that exist, meaning the wealth gap, the pay gap, the investing gap, which cost women at the end of their lifetime, 1 million euros, for example, 750,000 to 1 million euros, uh, all of these gaps. I said, well, let's you know, let's get serious. Like we have potential to changes to changes at a scale. Let's let's try this, and that's that's sort of like how it came about for me. That's really interesting because um, that also means that you had been doing your user research over years before you actually started Vitamin. Yes, yes, I I did um I did I I definitely spent time. I did other things in between, of course, as well, but. I was, um, this became my topic and I think it will be my topic no matter what, because I, I feel very privileged to have learned this knowledge throughout my life. And I believe that it's a knowledge that we need to make sure most of the people in the world have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go back to the story about how you met your co-founder. And I know from, from other you know, potential founders and, and entrepreneurs and that are out there looking to build their new business that... Um, some of them go through a super structured process of finding their their co-founder and they do a lot of co-founder matching and they go through questionnaires and they um they you know spend a certain amount of time together so how was it with you and your co-founder how did that how did it go about mm-hmm. yeah so um i think i got really lucky to be honest with you um or i think we both got really lucky uh because uh you know, I wanted to start to found the company. I decided in 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 the summer that's what I'll do, and I actually um, started to speak about it with a friend of mine. Um, and she she basically saw the post of my co-founder on LinkedIn. Uh, he had come to the topic from a different perspective. He had decided he wanted to found a company. He has been he had been in tech in San Francisco and in Berlin for many many years, and then. He said, you know what, um, I need to find. So he did research and he found this topic and this gap and the need through research. He had already done like 75 user interviews when I met him. Uh, so so he was coming at it from a different perspective. Maybe for, like the genesis was different for him than for me. But um, basically we got to ne- connected through through our friend uh, who saw the post. And then literally the first thing was a meeting in a cafe nearby. 
Um, and then we sort of said, oh, this is interesting. We need, we want to keep going. And then he had, he's uh, quite structured, but he also was one of those people who was looking for a co-founder and had followed a structured process for this mm-hmm. um, and had drafted a questionnaire of 70 questions. And so uh, we basically first, um, you know, met a couple of times to make sure like shared our ideas and kind of what we were envisioning to build, et cetera. And then we said, okay, let's keep working. And we, uh, I was working out of a, of a small office. That, uh, and then we started to basically meet and go through this questionnaire. We both filled it. Well, he had already filled it out. I filled out my answers. And it was like a very systematic approach of going through all these questions, getting to know each other, getting to know our lives and our very, you know, like values, uh, concerns, questions, uh, areas of challenge in our history uh, where we hadn't uh, felt things didn't work, where we thought we were strong at, all of anything you can imagine because, you know, you get on this journey with this person and it's like becomes a very important, this person becomes a very important person in your life, right? So you need to make sure that um, this partnership has a good potential of working out. And I have seen it not work out very well in my in my history. And so therefore, I think it's very important to take the time to do that. Um, uh, and I, therefore, um, I would say we took a very, yeah, we did our due diligence. Um, now, after two years, I can say I'm very happy about it. When people ask me, like, uh, you know, at the beginning, I was like, well, let's see. Let I'll tell you more in two years or five years time. Now it's two years since I met him. And I, I'm very happy about about having met Artyom. I think he's, like I said, a great person to be on this path with. And I, um, and then what we did is after having done all these questionnaires, we then said we are going to draft our co-founder agreement. So we actually uh, drafted a, a co-founder agreement that looks like a legal document, but it's non-binding. And we went through all the difficult questions, like how are we going to make decisions? How are we going to make decisions? We cannot when when we cannot make a decision. How much are you going to own? How much am I going, am I going to own? What is the uh, what is the um, areas of responsibilities that we each are going to have? How are we going to resolve certain issues? What do you think of VSOP? And how do we distribute that to our team or or not or what? So all of these questions that are super important to how you also build culture in your company, because at the end of the day, it's so important that that there is um that you know these things from the beginning because you know culture is built of course by having a vision of what you want to build this culture to be like but by the founders a lot of times right the beginning is i mean and and, and on an ongoing basis culture is built not what you write down on a piece of paper on on your website of course those are the guidelines on the things that you believe in but it's built by action it's built by how you act every day in the company it's built by how transparent you are or not. It's built by how you treat people or not. It's built by what you, you know, how you guide people. It's it's built by, you know, all of its action. It's ultimately its action. And um, that's why it was so important also for me to go through, through this process with him. Mm-hmm. How is... How is that working on a on a day to day basis now after after two years, you know, working together, founding the company, uh, hiring people, uh, getting investors on board? How does it work on a uh, on a regular basis? Do you um, how do you make sure that this relationship stays working the best it can? Well, so there are a few things that we do that are kind of more systematic. Um, I think um, 
we have a we have a meeting where we go into kind of a very um, structured process. Um, I ha- I know this process from an organization I belong uh, uh, belong at. It's called YPO, um, and there are other organizations also like EO as well. Um, they run these forums uh, where you get a lot more um, um, into kind of the deeper aspects of your life at different levels. So not just business, but also personal. And, and also you look at the, you can look at the competition, you can do it in a very business focused way, but where you take the time to kind of go through this. And we do this on a consistent basis to make sure that we kind of take the time away from the day to day to reconnect and kind of understand where do we, where are we in certain, uh, where, do, where, yeah, to get a feeling of kind of where our dial is in, in these different areas and and kind of how can we support each other but we also obviously have uh, formats on an ongoing basis and there are times when it's more intense uh and we need to catch up on on a very frequent basis there are times when you know we follow more the more structured process um i think what's important is to have clarity on ownership um but also know that the other person is there to support you and to like you know, um, be there for advice, uh, input and feedback whenever you need it. Interesting. I'd love to dive into the topic of, um, let, let's call it ideation, which in your case now is, uh, is uh, very interesting because unlike, let's say, other teams that come together and start ideation from day one, you had both done your research and had dove into the topic individually. And, and you mentioned your co-founder had done 75 user interviews already, and you have you know a wealth of knowledge and, and a lot of experience in that regard. So how did you bring both of that together? How did you synthesize those, those learnings? Are there specific frameworks that you maybe used? Did you give yourself a timeline on when you wanted to come to a certain insight or a certain idea that you would then pursue in an MVP? Yeah, I mean, we definitely, we we uh, we took quite some time. I mean, it was not just at the beginning, of course, the co-founding process and deciding to do it together. But then, of course, um, one of the things we really wanted to do is set up sort of the background of the brand, the company values, uh, you know, uh, some initial product ideas. So we fed a lot of it into that. Uh, at the beginning before we had anyone in our team. Um, and then we also um, took time. We decided to basically, well, we developed some hypothesis as well based on all of that together. And then we took time to um, to work with an agency as well that uh, helped us to create a design-a-thon to come, up, to come up with Further user research that we needed to do to support and or to support or prove or disprove the hypothesis that we had built before basically launching and designing our MVP, um, MVP or MLP, uh, and that's that's the process that, that that we followed initially. We did give ourselves so that we were working at the beginning on two kind of big parallel paths. One is like our MLP of the product, but also we knew that we had. Uh, we needed to create, and this is something that's still very important to us, that we needed to set up a very strong brand uh, for us, for the company. And so we uh, also spent a lot of time thinking about the brand and 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 developing, because we think it's a big part of the product. Um, so that's... Um, that that was uh, what we spent a lot of time doing at the beginning. Then, yes, we did. Uh, so with the, <laughs> with, with the agency, we did, like I said... Um, 
a very structured process to come up with kind of brainstorming on ideas. We use several methodologies, design methodologies, crazy aids, uh, etc. And then came up with, uh, you know, cons- like a, a couple of weeks of testing, like designing the prototypes and testing with users and getting feedback. And th- at that point, it was still a very, like we were, it was the two of us. Um, and yeah, I don't think we even have our, had our first hire was a, one of a, a designer, but I don't think he was even there yet. And we were, you know, working on this together. And then we, of course, then developed our plan to also who we wanted to be on the team. User research is super important for us. So six months ago, we decided to have someone join us who's focused on user research. And that's something that we uh, have implemented in the company. We have a very strong user research focus. For me, this is super important because... Um, I often say, you know, basically what I shared earlier, you know, you need to understand really what is going to drive this user to, what is is missing? What is going to drive them? How is this product going to make them feel? What are the moments of delight? What are those things that are really different for them, you know? And you need to understand this in order to to develop a product that lands uh, and then continuously research and get feedback as you launch stuff. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things you or two of the things you just said uh, I found really interesting so on one side working with that agency in the early days and not let's say only doing the user interviews but also building those prototypes and test with those prototypes um, how many did you build do you remember um, it was like um, I would say it did, the, it, it, the prototype a prototype developed we started with certain concepts then it evolved um <laughs> uh, that, that was actually how we came up with the idea of what we launched our mlps called discovery mode which was this idea of you know um uh trying investing without investing so giving women an understanding of what investment feels like and also having them on board onto a portfolio, but without them having to put money down because that's important to them. And also um, the, 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 the idea of like your own learning and embedded learning journey. Um, and those were some of the first prototypes and it evolved from there. So it wasn't like, it was more of the evolution of the idea rather than a totally different uh, thing, I would say. Mm-hmm. How much time did the whole process take? I think that was probably from, uh, so with that agency, it was probably like a month, a month and a half, six weeks, I would say. Uh, uh, yeah, six weeks, I, I think that was it, actually. And uh, to come to that place. And how do you find MLP? I'm not sure if the, the audience would know what that means. Well, so... It's the minimum lovable product. It's that thing that you think is going to delight users that you want to solve, to go out with first, and you're going to test and improve and, and try to learn more from. And, and that's why we like the L, because we do um, we do think that uh, the product we are building is, you know, it's, it's basically a consumer fintech product, right? And as I was saying before, like for women, women are very hesitant or they are not... First, they are not being addressed by the market today. Uh, 86% of asset managers still have a male as their main target. 
um, and we also our target user. And we also know that women are being held back from investing because they don't understand it because they it doesn't like the products that are out there and not landing with them. So we really needed to understand what were those trigger points, what are those things that make women actually take investing and um, and how learning, um, you know, how can we teach women uh, in a way that is engaging and motivating. And at the end of the day, you are building a consumer product for fintech and you need to build it in a way that serves the user needs, that makes the user need, uh, that, that makes the user feel uh, that they are being understood, that they are being served well. Um, also, finance is about trust. So how do you develop that trust in women, that feeling on tr of trust, uh, not only vis-a-vis -vis us, but also um, women need to build this financial confidence to take that next step. That's one, one of the things we have learned. So how do you help them build that financial confidence to go on to the next step of their financial journey? That's a very important thing, actually. If we then look what, what happened afterwards, so... Uh, you, you built your MLP, um, you hired your first team members, and you're probably, please correct me if I'm wrong, you're probably on a journey to find product market fit. Can you, which is, I mean, uh, a very, very big topic and, and sometimes also, let's say, difficult to grasp or difficult to put a timeline on or put KPIs, KPIs behind. So how do you interpret that or how does your journey to product market fit look like? Yeah, I think um, that's right. That's that's a, that's a very interesting interesting question. So we learned a lot already from what we have live, and one of the things we learned is that basically, close to ninety percent of women that are um, that are working with us want to get started with investing. So we did, decided to go for an investing product as the first next step. Um, and that's what we have been building towards. So we are going to be launching. Uh, that in uh, in September, and that is going to be a really important uh, step for us because that's going to enable us to learn even more. So launching investments and launching uh, the combination of investments and learning in the way we're going to do it is going to enable us to learn uh, because at the end of the day, the day product, how do you know product market fit? Because people are buying your product. People are asking for it. People are telling others about it. Uh, you know, and uh, that that's I think when you have a good feeling that the product is landing, that the product is is meeting the user's needs, people people are sharing about it. So I think that's super important. Uh, and now that we launch our um, uh, investment product, we will be able to learn more about that and iterate on a much faster base. Uh, because as you know, getting the fintech backend infrastructure in place to launch an investment product takes some time. Uh, we will be able to then start to learn what things are landing, what things are not landing, what can we do differently? Uh, and I think that's going to be really, really important for us. Maybe talk about that that user research person that you've hired very early on in your team. You you just emphasize how important the topic is to you. And, and I mean, that, that person will become uh, e even more important when you launched a new product. So what are some of the KPIs that this person is working towards too? What does, you know, their their day-to-day -day look like? How are these insights, the insights that are generated with that person then fed back into product and tech, for example, or also communications and marketing? Yeah. Um, so we have a great person helping us on this end. I would say, um, so 
we, we really have a continuous research model put in place already. And I would say her job has been really critical so far. Actually, I actually think, uh, I mean, I'm super happy we have her and we have been doing this since the beginning, but in a very formal way since she started. Uh, so what we do is we have feedback sessions with users every second week. Um, and uh, basically she structures the sessions obviously and plans everything and the questions. Um, we use tools that enable us to like enable various people from our team to also join the sessions. And it's something that I do myself. Um, and I also motivate the team to do because I believe like we're building product for users. If we don't know who's behind, like if we don't see the faces and the expressions and the meaning that the product has on, on our users, you know, how can we build a product? So um, our team is actually, um, and then what she does is, uh, which is great is, um, and she, she does this through surveys, interviews, we've done focus groups, so different things, right? But um, in terms of these in-person sessions, typically, and any of the outputs, she usually sends the whole company a summary of what we learned with some, uh, with short videos that capture key moments in the research piece. So uh, it's either sharing, you know, the, the prototype that we tested, then saying what landed, what did not land sharing comments of the users and, and sometimes even short snippets of the videos, which, you know, are some of my favorite things sometimes to see because it's it's seeing, seeing the ongoing, um, it, how it builds on each other, how the insights build on each other, because these insights then go back to design, they go back to the tech team and, and, and the product team, and that's where you see it come live in, in the product. And I think that continuous uh, process makes it super yeah, makes uh, a, a better outcome. That's really interesting to hear because when I look at the portfolio companies uh, here at Project A, there are uh, very few that in a similar stage to Vitamin already have an, an invest uh, for, for there to be a full-time user research person. And usually that only comes at, at a later stage when you've already got a, a, um, a product management, a UX and UI department and team in place, and then maybe one person specifically focused on user research. So that's, I think, a very interesting insight for, for many people that are listening here. Yeah, I think, you know, um, this is, again, um, depends on how you, you want to build your company. I, I think, like, Artem and I were quite clear on this. We we are very user-centric, you know. We're, we're building product for people. We're building product and we need to understand how does it make people feel you know at the end of the day finances is we don't buy financial products because uh because we just think it's a great idea we buy financial products because either you know you want to see if you know one person may may be motivated and this is more on the men's side maybe at least from what we hear is you know with a speculative approach and, you know, the rush of seeing the stock go up or down or whatever, uh, but hopefully more up. But then on the other side, for women, it's about long-term approach to investing. It's about meeting certain goals in your life. It's a, It comes to different, you know, deeper needs of like security and, you know, taking care of your children, maybe the, for that child account. So it's, it's, it's important to understand that. And it's important to understand how are you meeting those needs? What thing? What are you doing that actually feed, meet that that needs needs for the user? Or maybe it is, of course, the very granular thing of like, how do you show this portfolio and the language you are using? How is the lang the language landing for the user? This term or that term? 
you know, what do they find valuable? Why not? Because at the end of the day, do you want to spend time doing it or not? Because everything is an investment. You know, the more like the more guided your investments are for your team, your team's time is time is a huge investment. So the more guided they are to something that serves your user, the more the better off you will be. Thank you for sharing that. Going into uh, another part of um, your your founding journey, uh, you're a venture capital backed company. So tell us more about how you um, how you decided on who you wanted to have invested in your company from. Um, when did you start talking to investors? At what stage? Um, how did you decide who you wanted to approach? How did you pick maybe some of the business angels that have invested in your company? And how do you also work with them now in, in day-to-day operations? Because I think I'm asking this question because that is obviously crucial for the, the um, uh, founders that we have in, in the portfolio. And also, I'm sure a lot of people from the audience that are taking their first step in, in building their company. And, and it's also comparable to your co-founders. It's a really long-term relationship that you're engaging with, with these investors that you have so close to your company. So tell us a little bit more about what drove your decisions there and if, if you went through a structured approach. Yes. Um, so for us, the first round happened rather quickly. Um, we were having the pitch deck ready and we thought, okay, we go, that was like uh, end of November, 2020. Um, and we, where uh, we had the pitch deck ready. We had already talked to a couple of um, VCs because they had reached out to us. Uh, and um, and then it sort of, we published the pitch deck. We thought we would only publish it to a couple of people who we had spoken with. And then it went very quickly from there. And we got a couple of uh, other discussions, more intense discussions, quickly due diligence, et cetera. And we have a term, uh, had a term sheet rather quickly on the table, which we decided to take the offer on. And um, and then things then kept on from there. So from a, uh, I, I wouldn't say for that first round, we followed like a super structured uh, process um, in terms of, you know, having your long list, uh, uh, et cetera. Of course, that's a great approach. I would say, generally speaking, important to know, you know, who are those funds that you want to work with, who are those funds that um, have invested in companies at stage like yours, et cetera. Um, I think it is important to get to know your fund, to get a, a really good understanding of the people there and of, um, because, you know, do reference calls, talk to other founders who have worked with them so that you get a feeling for these are the right people to work with. It's very, you're right. It's a, a long-term relationship. Um, and, and it, you know, you also have to do the, your due diligence. They will be doing their due diligence. You have to do your due diligence as well. Um, and, and then from there, um, they brought on a couple of angels and then, I and Artyom both also brought in angels from our side. And how we thought about the angels was what skills do we need? What are we trying to get done now? And what skills do we need uh, to, to help us on, on this path, basically? And for us at the, at the time, um, and, and right now, it's still very important, obviously, to establish a brand uh, to, you know, 
use to to basically have really great marketing and distribution capabilities uh, to have people with that experience was important. It was also important for us to have female investors because they are aligned to our mission. Although I have to say some, I have a couple of like the male angels on our cap table are also extremely aligned to our mission and they're extremely supportive, uh, which is great. Uh, and then we have, for example, uh, I wanted people that have some fintech background, you know, but they are so helpful in different ways, the angels, whether it is, you know, like at some point, one of them was reviewing like our brand approach and the iterations of that. Uh, some others have been great in connecting us to companies that have had to select certain providers for the back end so we can have conversations with those people. Um, so it's a range of, of, of different aspects. I think for references to other investors, I think, you know, uh, there are so many ways in which the angels can be super helpful. And I think it's important to build, you know, there will be some that are more involved and some that are less. And I think you one has to identify and build that relationship with the people that actually want to help. Because, I mean, help is always, I, I think help getting help is great. And one has to be really open to that. Mm-hmm. And learn to ask for help. That's also important. Yes. <laughs> if you look at if you look back at the last two years, and I know this is a very broad question, but what are some of the things that you're really glad you did in that founding journey? And what are some of the things that you would have done differently? I mean, some of the things that that we have done really well is I think the process I already shared in terms of like kind of getting to know each other and being really um structured about that. One of the other things that we have done and I'm very happy we did is we actually developed out of that 670 question questionnaire, like a sub questionnaire that we use with anyone who joins our company. Uh, it's called the values questionnaire and that's a step in our hiring process. Uh, and we actually, every person who joins, uh, we have a discussion around this values questionnaire with the person. So they have the opportunity to ask us questions, to get to know us. And also uh, we get to know them and what drives them. And I think that has been really fascinating because, um, yeah, it's been great to basically um, build a team. And I think we have done that quite well. Uh, we have a, a wonderful team and I'm very proud of that um, and happy to have all the people around who are there. Um, uh, things, things that I would do differently. I think I probably... Um, would have, I mean, one of the things that was hard at the beginning, especially last year, was to get the tech team in place um, because, you know, that is something that uh, that that is has been challenged. I mean, the demand for talent, right? So um, doing even a better job at getting the, our own in-house developers there in place uh, sooner rather than later, I think that's something I would have, I don't know, so much uh, how else we could have done it differently but really focused on on that at the beginning um even more because i think it's so important and i think it's agencies are good but it's never the same uh so i think that's an area where i would have dedicated more time and focus so looking looking ahead what's ahead for you and vitamins until the end of the year um, yeah, I mean, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm super excited because we have uh, we have gotten quite a lot of things ready for our launch. So that's going to be a very important moment for us to see how our product is landing out there, to see 
how our learning uh, tools are landing uh, for users uh, to see how uh, we can get closer to really serving them well. Um, and actually to see also, you know, who else picks up on, on this topic, I think. Um, can we... We have had great success, I think, already on the on the PR side, and I think it's an important channel for us. And so, looking forward to seeing more what happens on that end as well. Still, lots to be done for sure. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Andrea, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights. I'm I'm sure those those insights are going to be extremely helpful for anybody listening in the audience. And we're going to be excited to watch your journey and and watch Vitamins journey further. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating. Thanks, guys.